Hello there, this is Dwayne McCreary. I'm the team leader for Adult Explore the Bible, and today I'm being joined by Bill Craig. Bill, glad to have you with us today. Thanks, Wayne. It's good to be here. Bill, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, about the role you play here at Lifeway? Sure. First, let me say uh, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be on the podcast. I teach Explore the Bible and have for a lot of years with my Sunday morning group at my church. And uh, it's great Bible study resources. We enjoy using these. And it's tools like this podcast that help me stay sharp when I'm leading the group every week. I'm the director of publishing here at Lifeway. I've been at Lifeway for a long time as an editor and in management over the publishing work we do here at Lifeway. So it's great to work with you, as we always do, on these kinds of resources. This is our first session out of of Titus. We've got three sessions that we'll be looking at this particular book. This first session, we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 5 and then 10 through 16. Paul introduces himself as a servant of God who is called by God to share the gospel and encourage the spiritual growth of believers. His work was a trust given to him by God. He addresses this letter to Titus, a person who he had led to Christ. Paul left Titus on the island of Crete to help establish, organize, and strengthen churches there. Paul highlights Judaizers who are disrupting the Cretan believers. He characterized them as empty talkers and deceivers dedicated to myths. Paul called them out, pointing to their behavior as evidence of their lack of credibility. The main focus of this lesson is on us holding up the truth when we are faced with false teachers and false teachings. Uh, Bill, to help us get started thinking about this session and the two that follow, what do we know about Titus and about Crete, for example? Well, Titus is an interesting character in the New Testament. He's mentioned 13 times. He was a non-Jewish convert to Christianity, and he became really for Paul what might be considered a test case for Gentiles converting to Christianity. We know this because uh, one of the places that Paul mentions Titus is in Galatians 2. Paul's talking about the trips that he has made to Jerusalem. And so there was an early trip early in Paul's ministry uh, that he went to Jerusalem to meet with Peter. But then he goes back to Jerusalem about 14 years later for the specific purpose of what he says, making sure he wasn't running in vain by teaching Gentiles, by leading Gentiles to Christ through faith in Christ. No other, uh, no other requirement, no requirement to become Jewish first. And he takes Titus along with him. When they first get to Jerusalem, there's a lot of pressure on Titus to be circumcised, to become a Jew, uh, to uh, then become a more faithful believer. Paul uh, makes his case that faith in Christ is what's needed for salvation, not uh, adherence to Jewish ritual uh, in order for uh Titus to be recognized as a believer. And so by the time they leave Jerusalem, they have some instructions for the Gentile church. But Paul notes that uh, not even Titus, who was with him, was required to be circumcised. So he took Titus there the first uh, this time 
to Jerusalem uh, really as a test case to show off the ministry that he had with, uh, with Gentiles. Titus uh, then becomes somebody who Paul really trusts a lot. He calls him my true son in, in our common faith. My true son, someone he led to the Lord. Uh, he used that out of affection, I think, and to show the kind of uh, ministry that uh, he had had to lead Titus to the Lord. And then he says our common faith, uh, this is the content of their faith that they hold in common. But he had a lot of confidence in Titus. He sent him to some really difficult places. He ministered in Corinth and uh, brought news back to Paul about that church, which was a difficult place to minister. <laughs> he demanded two letters from Paul. <laughs> he did, and, and Titus had to help uh, communicate both what was going on in Titus, how they reacted to his letters. Uh, but he also then left him on the Isle of Crete at some point. Now, Dr. Danny Aiken in the Christ-Centered Exposition Commentary on Titus, I love what he says about Titus. He calls Titus Paul's hitman, his Green Beret, or his Navy SEAL. He sent him to really hard places to do difficult tasks and to get things right. And that's what he left Titus in Crete to do, to set things right and to appoint elders in every town. One of the things that will help us this Sunday when we're teaching or whenever we're teaching is, is in the pack, uh, the leader pack, there's a handout called, a, called Titus, a snapshot. So we could either distribute that, we could summarize it. There are various ways we could use that pack item to help folks understand more fully about who Titus is. One of the things that stands out in this particular passage is Paul quotes from a pagan poet. How might we address that idea that Paul's quoting in Scripture from this pagan? Well, Crete is an island where there's an ancient civilization. So six centuries before Christ, a philosopher poet there named Epimenides was writing about the people on Crete. And uh, he says, and Paul quotes him, he says, Cretans are liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttons. So Paul quotes Epimenides, not here to make a doctrinal point, but to help Titus and to help uh, his readers connect with the culture they're in. And the point he's trying to make here is not that all Cretans, everybody on this island, is a liar, an evil beast, and a lazy glutton, although that, <laughs> that island had the uh, reputation of raising up people who did that. They raised up uh, soldiers that other people were able to use in their wars and, and traders who would go all over the Roman Empire uh, to, to uh, trade their wares. So they had a terrible reputation. But what Paul is pointing to specifically with this quote are the false teachers that he addresses uh, in this passage with Titus. And he helps Titus understand how serious this, uh, these false teachers are. Speaking of those false teachers, the Bible skill for this session encourages us to create a chart with two columns, one listing the qualities that Paul required of Titus and the Cretan pastors, and then a second column writing the characteristics of the Judaizers who were trying to corrupt the people. By doing that, we'll gain insights into the contrast between what uh, uh, Titus was facing while there and also what the expectation was 
so that it, it helps us set a standard of, of a different lifestyle. One of the things that, that we may uh, encounter when we're leading our Bible study group is the idea that does Paul contradict himself when he told Timothy to be gentle, but yet here he seems to be much more forceful. He's calling Titus to be much more forceful when confronting the false teachers. Well, I think that's a good question, and it bears uh, looking at who Paul is talking about with Timothy and who Paul is talking about with Titus. Paul's The majority of Paul's uh, advice to Timothy when he's telling him to you know, to treat older men with respect and older women with the respect that's due them. Uh, he's talking about a pastor dealing with church members and how to relate to people in the community and in the community of faith who are trying to uh, be uh, faithful church members. And when Paul is talking to Titus, and making this quote and talking about doing a very strict and uh, sharp rebuke of these people, he's instructing Titus to confront false teachers, leaders who are teaching doctrinal error. And he says they're teaching this doctrinal error by, by teaching that they're ruining households and they're doing it in order to get money for themselves. And so Paul's really holding them up as uh, the, the type of leader that needs to be rebuked. Bill, what principles can we glean from this passage about confronting others who have contrary beliefs? Well, I think that's a really important question, and you can go almost phrase by phrase, word for word through the past, the end of this passage, and look at some of the important concepts uh, that are laid out at the uh, at the end of this passage of scripture. So I think first of all, uh, early in the chapter uh, verses six through nine that we're we're not really studying deeply this week because they've been studied during our Timothy study. Uh, he gives qualifications for elders. As a matter of fact, he tells Timothy appoint faithful men who are able. And so the first important uh, thing is to look for, uh, when you're appointing elders, which is what Titus was supposed to do, look for faithful men. And so the first thing to consider when confronting others about their contrary beliefs is to look at their character. What is it about that person that is causing you to confront them? And Again, I would point to uh, the Christ-Centered Exposition Commentary by Dr. Aiken. He gives really good help in understanding what the principles are for confronting uh, contrary beliefs. First, you know, he says, rebuke them sharply. This is like a surgeon cutting away cancer. You can't be hesitant about what you're doing when you're rebuking somebody for false beliefs, for trying to teach people beliefs contrary to the faith. You can't be hesitant about that. Rebuke them sharply, he says. Cut them away like cancer. But balance that with the second goal. The goal of the confrontation is pastoral. In other words, to be redemptive. Uh, Verse 13 says, so they may be sound in the faith. The goal here is not to uh, get them out of the church or away from the faith, but to liberate them from false teaching. And so we confront them in love, 
trying to be pastoral with them, putting them back on a path of sound doctrine. And verse 14 says, so that they may not pay attention to Jewish myth, myths. These things are against or more than scripture is what Paul's saying. They're man-centered or they're law-centered. The effort here is to try to lead people to be more Christ-centered. Knowing and teaching the Word of God, leading people to be like Christ, that should be the goal of confronting others with contrary beliefs. So you, so you have rebuke, rebuke, pastoral, be and be pastoral, Christ-centered, and be Christ-centered, relying on God's Word, Scripture, to help you make that uh, that rebuke. Well, Bill, I appreciate your time today. Thank you very much for helping us think through this uh, first session, session 11, but our first session in Titus. I think those are some things that will really help us bring this lesson together. Thank you much. Thank you.